Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome, 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 everyone, to Strictly Hoops with CJ Miles. Rate, review, subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. That is the Raptors Over Everything podcast feed. And on YouTube, subscribe there and like all the videos because it's appreciated. So, very much so. Okay. Yeah. How are you doing, man? Very much. I'm good, man. It's great, man. You know, life's good. Everybody's healthy, like we were chopping up before. You know, it's always good. Yeah, lots of smiles, and especially for the Toronto Raptors, because that game last night, we were recording uh, the day after the Sacramento Kings game, and we don't know how this road trip is going to continue, but that was the best win of the season, and it's for a variety of reasons, but just to start off, like, your thoughts on that game? Um, It's it's kind of what, you know, what you would like to see going on the road when you've been struggling a bit. You know, you got a brutal road trip coming, a lot of days, some good teams mm. going into another team's building that's been playing well this year. A lot of weapons, a lot of guys that are playing well on that team. It's not just being carried. Um, yeah. And just to feel the energy, you could tell they were motivated. You know, scrappy on defense, moving, ball moving, guys making shots. Everybody that's, you know, everybody's roles that they have, they executed in their roles throughout the night, I felt like. I felt like everybody yeah. did their jobs, and I think that's all you can really ask for, especially on the road. Because this Bring is a team that struggled on the road also. Oh, yeah. They've been struggling <laughs> everywhere, but specifically on the, the yeah. road. And that is a mark of a good team is how well you perform on the road in the lion's den when you're in enemy territory. And can you you know, capitalize on your chances? Can you play disciplined basketball? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you about you know road trip stories, about some of these long trips that take place and what players do. But how important is getting that first win on a road trip like this? They're not back until February 6th. It's 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 great in in this position, especially when you got a team yeah. that's been struggling, because you don't want that energy going with you for the rest of the trip. You know, trying mm-hmm. to figure out, man, like what are we not doing, or, or or can we fix it, or can we, or is somebody gonna this gonna happen, or is a trade gonna happen, or is a yeah. whatever? You don't want all that all the mm-hmm. things that are already floating to mm-hmm. overpower the main thing, which is us winning basketball games and being the best team yeah. we can be. And I think they always, you know, the saying winning cures all. And um, I think it's it's great for them. Great for them, for sure. And one of the best parts about last night and one of the more important parts of trying to stop the Sacramento Kings is slowing down DeMontis Sabonis. And last time the Raptors saw him, he carved him up. Granted, in that game, they did not have they did not have OG Ananobi, but also on the other side, the Kings didn't have Kevin Herter, who, as you have talked about, is shooting the ball unbelievably, like 41% from three. It he's might not ab- be yeah. anybody shooting the ball like he's shooting the ball almost. Exactly. You know, like- exactly. But last night, the Raptors, I mean, you were on those Raptor teams where a player would come in and Nick Nurse gets into his toolbox and he's in his mad scientist mode. He's like, let's mm-hmm. find a way to, to neutralize them. And last night, man, 
nine turnovers, a career high, nine turnovers for him. Um, the Raptors were all over him, but there were very specific things that they were doing. And obviously post game, Nick Nurse was like, I'm not going to tell you guys, even though like <laughs> earlier on in the season, he said that I'm not going to tell what we did with DeAndre Aiden when they slowed him down because we have another game against him. Mm-hmm. There's not another game against the Kinks. So why couldn't he tell us what they were doing? But I mean, you probably know. That's Nick being yeah, Nick, I, I guess, in that position. Like he's, you know, he's having fun. But with Sabonis is that first of all, you got to match his physicality, right? He's a physical guy on his drives, likes to precious. hit people, yes. likes yes. to do things. So we had there's big bodies. First possession of the game is like the perfect way you guard him, right? Ends up in an ISO at the end of the clock against Pascal. Mm-hmm. Drives left, tries to hit Pascal with his shoulder. Pascal takes the bump and doesn't let him get by right away. He goes into his post move. OG comes collapsing down. Yeah. Um, all of his drive, he's a playmaking big, gets lots of drives, gets lots of stuff from like the high and mid post. Always saw bodies. I mm-hmm. felt like there were no clear ways for him to either where he felt like he was in an ISO by himself or clear plays to just dump off and make straight line passes. They did a good job of being active. Um, you you could hear if I watched the game over on the Kings broadcast, and that's all they talked about was the fact that Toronto is so good at getting deflections. Yeah. And they kept having to bring it up because those guys were so active in that game. Um, but that matching his physicality, not giving him just these clear plays because he's such a good decision maker and just scrapping. The guards came down, swatted at the ball when he bring it down some. Just seeing bodies mm-hmm. is the biggest thing you do. You yeah. treat him like you treat any playmaker at any position. You make yeah. him see length and which these guys have a lot of and, and uh-huh. make him and just try to shrink the floor. Sure. And having Precious and OG to take that initial hit. And that's what I was so impressive about um, Precious last season in the playoffs against Joel Embiid. And I mean, Joel Embiid, obviously there's a size mismatch, but if you're able to take that initial hit from a big like him, you're in a pretty good spot. And OG, obviously strong as an ox, Precious Achua, extremely athletic, extremely strong. They're able to take that and you're already in a good spot with your defense, at least with your one-on-one coverage. And after that, I mean, it was the late help which I really loved that the Raptors mm-hmm. were doing. And that is, that's been a staple of what they do. But the activity, as you mentioned, active hands, active feet, engagement, cohesion. These are things that we just have not seen consistently from the Toronto Raptors. And it's a long road trip, but this game, doing this on the first game of this road trip is a terrific sign because you've talked about it. I've talked about it. I mean, I've tweeted about it. This season is not gone. <laughs> Right. Not There's still time for them to make a move here, yeah. but it has to start in this road trip. And specifically, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit of the trade deadline uh, coming up, but we're not going to get mm-hmm. into like the weeds necessarily about the Toronto Raptors. And it's it's kind of on purpose because I, I still believe that Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster and Nick Nurse believe in this group and they're going to give them every last chance they can to show them that if you guys really believe in yourselves in this group and you care about playing with each other, this is your last chance. So we're not yeah. going to talk about it out of spite. <laughs> spite. Yeah, I'm that's not going that's to the it. tough part, too, because yeah. you're in a position where, you know, we want to be a winning franchise and we want to do what's right for the future also. But if this isn't going to work out mm-hmm. or if we're not going to be able to save this and make it, if we're not going to be able to get guys to mesh, then they have to do their jobs, too, right? Yeah. They have to either look at this like how do we prepare for the future and what pieces do we move forward with? Mm-hmm. Or if there's a piece that we think changes everything and it still allows us to do both sides of that, we have to make that move. And 100%. as we know, those guys aren't afraid to. No, they're going to do what's best for everyone. Like that's no yeah. different than the front office, a player. You always got to do what's best for yourself or your franchise. And we got to remember. 
Yeah, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. no, no. So we got to remember also that trading a guy just because we love him as a fan base doesn't mean they're not helping that guy too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the situation that that guy could end up in could be better for him. I think we always think from the home standpoint, trading a guy that has been, you know, has provided service to a team is such a bad thing. But it might be a better fit for something else that's a greater need that comes in. Yeah. And we might have a player that can fill the role that we're that we're putting out too. I shouldn't say putting out, that sounds bad. That we're sending away to another sure. team because now his opportunity grows and we get a better fit for the team. And then we get a young guy who the home team wants to see play too, get the step up and fill a void. And you can leave that relationship on good terms still. Yes. Right. Which is yes. Which is why I think the open communication is better than people having to go to the media and say, get me out of here or mm -hmm. <laughs> doing it. Yeah. Well, I think there should be able to be some type of back and forth with the front office. If we get to that stage of things. Yeah. I should know what you're thinking and you should know what I'm thinking. It's business. I mean, and also like we just saw a trade in the NBA wizards, Lakers, right? Mm -hmm. Rui was traded to the, to the Lakers. And part of the reason it was done is because I mean, Rui has expressed that he wants to leave, but also you got Denny, right? Sitting on the bench and mm -hmm. the wizards wanted to clear space for him to get an opportunity for more playing time. So this is the nature of the business. This is how it goes. Mm -hmm. um, I, but like going back to the original point is that I, I still think the Raptors front office, um, they want to see the starting lineup, those guys, Fred, Gary. I think they want to see them all back, right? Because mm -hmm. they believe in them. And last season wasn't, I don't think it was a fluke. I, I mean, whatever's gone on this year, I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, there was uh, someone on Twitter. I don't know who exactly he was, but he was a member of King's Twitter. And he's like, this team that the Kings are playing is like the best team they've played in. Like, What is going on with the Raptors? And I quote to you saying, it's complicated. And I don't even know, right? I'm not in the front yeah. office. I don't know what exactly is going on, but I know what I'm seeing in front of me. And I know mm -hmm. that the Raptors has played their best game of the season at a time that is very fragile for the front office, the Raptors, a few of the players. I think that means something. Yeah. And maybe we, maybe this time, this time of backs against the wall with everything the way it is with trade yeah. deadline coming, maybe it's the thing that's needed. And then maybe you be mm -hmm. able to take that energy and form it into hold on where we can do this. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't need to be that to get the ball rolling. You know what I mean? Maybe it's mm -hmm. it's been here, and if we yeah. can convince guys to look at it that way, then we can carry that energy for the rest of the season. Um, yeah. I just think you just have to just have to find a way to kind of let go of the things that's been going on. It's been looming. Once mm -hmm. you start to get some winning ways, some winning games, focus on that. Sure. And if you're present in what we're doing, if the game, if something's changing the game plan, put a big check mark beside it. Like yeah. this has been one of the things that's led to this. Let's make that a staple. Let's not yeah. get away from it. Let's every time we get together and practice, let's talk about it. Every time we watch film, we make emphasis on those things, whatever it is. Not to say they haven't been doing that. But right now, while you have so much proof in the pudding of this mm -hmm. being the thing that's making us win, drill it. Drill yeah. on it. Punch it. I don't care if guys get tired of hearing you say the same thing every day. Say it. Every time you can. <laughs> Because it's almost yeah. like, you know, it's just like you do anything. Yeah. Yesterday at practice, Thad said that we want to get back to putting the fear in people's hearts. Yeah. And he also disclosed, and Nick Nurse later didn't necessarily like that, <laughs> that they had um, a film session where Nick showed them clips from their defense last season. Mm -hmm. And uh, Nick was saying that, I mean, 
I, that was a closed door meeting. So I'm not sure why that was said, but it was to get their spirits up and to show them like, this is what you were. And it's the same damn players. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you were. Um, so anyways, this it's a great start. Uh, they got the Warriors and we're going to talk about Steph Curry in a second here. Um, but uh, I'm just excited to see them playing like that because yeah, this no, is it's, it's fun. Thought. And I'm, yeah. And it's fun for them. It's good to hear guys yelling and screaming and encouraging. And that energy is unmatched. Like, and Mm -hmm. like we said, to go on the road. And like I was telling you, to be able to hear the bench through the broadcast, to hear them yelling out and screaming Mm -hmm. and encouraging and saying backside, whatever, whatever they're saying, screaming for each other. That is a energy that needs that. They need that more now than ever, especially on the road when you're coming off struggling. Because you're going into these other buildings that's going to have at least 15,000 people in it screaming for the other side. Exactly. So you got 13, Uh 14. That's all you got. That's minus the coach, plus the coaches, I should say. But I'm just speaking on the player. Hey, Jamal Maguire is there, man. That's like 10 fans. No, that's true. (laughs) Especially when he gets the cup or the paper rolled up. He's I don't know what he thinks really happening with that. Shout out to Big Cat, man. That's my guy. I love Big Cat. (laughs) Yeah. I love hearing Pascal Siakam yell, yes, sir. Yeah. Right? When you can hear <laughs> yeah. it in the away gym, things are going really well. He was terrific yesterday. Man, I mean, there was someone third who asked. Quarter was uh, special. Oh, man. There was someone who asked Fred. He's like, you know, Pascal didn't have his best game. And then Fred looked at him. He's like, I don't know, 26, uh, 11 rebounds, seven assists, two steals, two blocks. It's not too bad. And so I'm happy that yeah. he actually. Uh, Informed him that's not a bad game, even though Pascal didn't shoot, um, you know, above fifty percent, which he normally does. But that game is becoming like a staple for Pascal. Mm-hmm. Twenty six, seven, and eleven, and he had some crazy blocks last night. I love that he yesterday he was working outside in almost, mm-hmm. right? And typically it's the other way, and that's what you encourage you know star players to do. But for him, because of how walled off the paint is, it's like he's slowly accepting that if I get the outside game going. The inside is going to get is going to become that much easier. I think, um, my to me, I think he's his greatest weapon is his mid range now. Oh, like I think that's where it's. And I guess that counts as outside too. He's not shooting a bunch of threes, so. But I think that's just what pops into my head. Like you watch that third quarter, he creates so much space in that fifteen to seven foot, seventeen foot area, and even the. The little fadeaway he's developed when he's backing smaller guys in right almost to the dots in the paint. And he's just kind of his little fade in the middle of the paint where he isos at, which is crazy that he isos in the middle of the floor and he finds space to do what he's doing. It's not like we're getting people out of the way or anything. He's right smack dead in the middle of the floor, Uh which is which is I don't understand how defenses. I'm not going to speak it into existence. But anyway, (laughs) um, but his mid range has become so special. He shoots it so well. His releases become so much higher. He can yeah. fade, he can spin, his feet are so good. I think that is just allowing him to find angles to get to the basket. Mm-hmm. Because when he creates the space, his handles become so much better, he can change directions and get to where he wants to be. He picks his spots so well now. I feel like I've gotten to a point when he's shooting them, I can tell when they're going to go in, just from like the broadcast angle. And it's mm-hmm. right when... Like his his arms are very long, so when it's extended and he's got that like arc and it starts his follow through mm-hmm. starts around his nose or eyes, mm-hmm. and then he just gets that nice rotation, that mm-hmm. nice arc, and it's just money, mm-hmm. and it's not touching, it's not touching, not the touching rim. anything. It's just, he said no, he's found his shot pocket, uh-huh. and you can tell he's drilled it and drilled it and drilled it. The ball doesn't get you know 
behind his head where it becomes like a slingshot. It gets flat. It doesn't yeah. it's not prematurely released where he's shooting it straight up into the sky. He's just found mm -hmm. a nice space that allows yeah. him to have the strength to be able to shoot it whichever way he wants. He started the game with two back-to-back catch-and-shoot threes from uh, the baseline and then also the wing. And I believe both of those were coming off of Scotty Barnes' passes. Your thoughts on Scotty as a point guard and how he's being used to facilitate and just make dimes. Dimes are I think um, you – the first thing is, you know, obviously it's a six-nine point guard. We talked about the yeah. size, the length, the being able to see the vision – um, but I think the biggest thing, even though we play positionless basketball now, the guys that are guarding him aren't used to guarding primary ball handlers. So right. we put them in positions. We just kind of changed the the way the defense is used to being set, right? Mm -hmm. Even the point guards, they know the defensive schemes. They know when they're supposed to be in help. But they're still in spaces they're not used to being in all the time. They're used right. to guarding the ball. and used to. It's like we talked about on the show one time, like you switch positions – um, when I was playing, moving from the two to the four, now my back's to the to the baseline more. Hmm. Or like the position I'm starting in, if I'm guarding the four that's playing, that's that's doing pick and rolls, he's running down to the baseline and, and, and running up. And you gotta there's a there's still a muscle memory you have to gain in that action too. You yeah. have to get lots of reps to understand, you know, that it can switch thing. And then you switch, and now I'm guarding the two again, and now I'm back to being the guy on the elbow and trying to figure out, you know, what play is being called or or if they're going to use this guy in the play this time. We don't even know mm -hmm. because it's such positionless. Like, now we're just going to pick on who we think we can pick on. So I think guys have to be so alert, and I think he's able to take advantage of that. Right. When it comes to being a 6'9 point guard, in the pick and roll as a ball handler, mm -hmm. what does that do for the defense in terms of the passing angles, in terms of being able to um, execute and just, you know, find cutters? Like, how does that negate some of the advantages that a defense might have in a typical pick and roll setting? Um, so you think, so if I run a pick and roll with, if Scotty's the five and Pascal's the four, mm -hmm. and I run the pick and roll with those two, I have the two biggest guys on the floor outside the three-point line guarding this play. Yeah. So any advantage I gain downhill, everybody's small. Anybody mm -hmm. that's coming to help is smaller. The guy that's protecting the rim is smaller. The guys with their hands up in the passing lanes are smaller. Meaning my advantage of vision or attacking the help, if I beat these guys out, which I probably will because they're slower feet, yeah. Don't get not that's not everybody, but when I do, everything that's coming to help is a smaller guy. Huh. That's what creates the most havoc for it. So, like if I have Fred in the weak side corner and his guy is the guy that's got to be the baseline help with Scotty going to attack the rim, th th there's nothing he can do about that. But that's foul. Yeah. And if he's there early, I'm throwing a bullet pass to Freddie standing by himself in the corner. Mm-hmm. Same with Gary Trent Jr., same with OG. They're still smaller guys. OG guy might be a little bigger, but still, it's still not the guy yeah. that's been assigned to me. Actually, speaking of that, it was a Fred and Scotty pick and roll, but Fred rejected the screen, and mm -hmm. Scotty started going towards the middle of the floor, and he got the ball, and because of what you're talking about, um, Pascal on the weak side, he set a back screen for OG, and that player who uh, Pascal set the screen for is just smaller. 
right? Mm-hmm. And so the and so the screen was very effective. And oh, you got to open catch and shoot three, and he hit it. So it's that's a good point. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why we have you on the show is that you're going to make points <laughs> that uh, we haven't thought of it. But that was that's that's absolutely yeah. absolutely right. And then he found Chris, and it's been a couple of times actually where uh, Scotty is shout to Chris. Chris. Chris had a great game last night too. He's been, yeah, he was awesome, right? Was great. And, like the fact that he was like a DMP like last week. Right. And he nothing mm-hmm. changed, nothing wavered for him. He knew exactly who he was and what he had to do. Um, and now he's got his his uh, tag team partner, you know, yeah, <laughs> Triple, H, Triple H, Triple yeah. H there. Yeah. Um, but the way Scotty is finding Precious and and Chris and the spots that they are most effective with Chris, it is, you know, by the rim and he's just able to get uh, some easy layups. And with Precious, you just see him like exploding to the rim. When, yeah. it, when the opportunity is there. That slot drive has been good for him. When that ball's swinging around the horn and his uh-huh. guy thinks he can help because he's because he's thinking Precious not to be a shooter yeah. and Precious is catching that ball running. He had one really early in the game, especially down mm-hmm. the lane. And by the time the defense can react because it's coming around the horn, there's nobody in help set. And he's a – which it's still going to be a small guy again because he's the biggest guy on the floor. So the biggest guy's guarding him. He attacks and gets by the biggest guy. There's nobody going to meet him at the rim with a one and start. Yeah. And he gets his bang out. And then that's another energy boost for the, for the, the unit also. And mm-hmm. for him, you know, guys tend to, it just works this way. Psychologically guys getting easy shots or open shots or dunks. It changes the way the defense is played too. It's not yeah. a coincidence. That they shot. I don't remember what they, I don't remember the exact number. I know they shot 50% at least last night. Yeah. So we're talking every other shot, right? <laughs> like when you really exactly. think about it throughout a game, and sometimes it's like five shots in a row. Mm-hmm. And these happen because Precious gets a dunk, and then we get two stops in a row, and we get run out. Somebody gets an open three, somebody gets a – but his play is what starts all of that. Uh-huh. It starts the bench chattering. It starts the guys getting hyped. It starts everything. And they're getting so many run us because they're playing zone with a bunch of 6'8", 6'9", players that are extremely athletic. <laughs> so crazy. And they found the sweet it's spot. It's so crazy when you think yeah. about it, right? Like, it's just yeah. like – it's like a matchup zone. It's like just be in the gaps and make sure nobody gets open shots, right? And we can beat everywhere on the floor, mm-hmm. like literally. And then Fred makes up for the size difference with his hands, moves his feet, and being smart. Like they were always great around last the ball. night, man. They were, they were he was very active yesterday. They were very around. And, and that's the energy that they have to play with, though. Like, yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, when you have a good defensive team, right, and you've been good and you understand it, it, it gets boring. Good teams get bored sometimes, and sometimes that boredom spirals out of control, right? Sure. Like, it's like, because we know what we're supposed to be doing. It's not nobody. It's not that anybody here is not experienced enough for us to play at this level. Mm-hmm. It's just about us buckling down and saying, this is the energy I'm going to play with on every play. Right. I'll get, if I get tired, then we got people that can come in. I'm going to get my minutes. I'm going to, and I create so much more shot opportunities. So I create more things for me offensively. Now everybody gets 14 shots, at least, because of that. Yeah. He has at least five assists in his past five games. He had 10 yesterday. He only took a few shots, but he had 10 assists and six rebounds. And it's like that's how he prefers to play. He's making the extra pass. He's finding his teammates. Um, And then when he has to score, he's got to be able to execute Mm -hmm. in those situations. But um, good stuff from Scotty, playing point guard. Road trips. Have there been – cases for you in your career where a road trip has actually helped catapult the team 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Um, into like future success in that season, because that talked about that yesterday too, is that this is a perfect time for us to be on the road, right? Mm-hmm. I get together. It's going to be us in games, um, off the court, just hanging out. Like, have, have you encountered that before? Yeah, because you look at it like where you where there's nowhere to run to, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's make or break time, and we're gonna be together. It's gonna be us, like you said, just them on the road. I don't want to call it distractions because family and things aren't distractions, but that's just less of a thing you have to split yourself into to do, right? Yeah. So you know, we just have more time to focus on it, on what we're doing, and mm. to really drill into what we're doing, film and taking care of the body and being fresh and getting time around each other, just kind of rekindling bonds and things, conversations that turn into basketball conversations and allow us to hash out if there's anything that we feel like we need to hash out. Like if guys haven't been on the same page, you know, being around each other, getting to hang out, talking, getting an understanding of what's been going on. Or if you have felt the guy hadn't been playing up to his potential, a conversation you might have at dinner might lead to you to understanding why he hasn't been playing to his potential. Mm. And now there's a way I can help him. There's no way to help them if I don't know what the problem is, because that's the thing we keep talking about. We don't know what the problem is. I don't understand why guys don't want to play like they played last night, because we know they can do it, right? So let's figure out what everybody's feeling. Let's figure out how I can help this happen. If it is me that it needs to take three less shots, or if I need to take five more shots, Mm. whatever it may be, let's figure out what that thing is. If I'm the one that's not providing the energy in my unit that's not turning helping turn the tide right or let's make sure i'm not the one but that doesn't happen when you're at home <laughs> i don't i don't i don't so i'm not saying that it doesn't but i it's yeah. easier to happen on a road trip like this and i'm speaking very on the current pulse of this team also yeah. like the position that we're in there's a heightened focus on we need to figure this out and I think there's it just allows more time to figure it out on a road trip like this. We're at home. We talk about it at practice. We're leaving, going home to my family. I'll see you tomorrow. Or I'll see you at shoot around, whatever it is. Like on a road trip like this, yo, you're trying to go get some lunch, trying to go get dinner. Y'all, I got my Xbox in my room. Let's play cards. Let's play dominoes, whatever. There's so much time yeah. to allow these things to naturally happen when they don't feel like attacks. Because everybody knows when guys aren't playing up to their potential, they already know that. So coming from the outside, it feels like an attack. You get defensive. It's not on purpose. It's just, yo, I already know I haven't shot the ball well in five games. You don't have to tell me about the shots I'm missing. Right. The guards down a little bit. 
yeah, now we get to talk, and that doesn't that doesn't come up for 20 minutes, and we happen to be watching the game, and it's like, yo, oh, I could have made an extra pass right there. Hmm. And that lets the guard down. That was like, and then the next guy admits to a fault of his. Because it doesn't start by attacking guys and telling them what they're doing wrong. It starts by admitting to what you're not doing. Mm -hmm. The honesty is what gets guys, everybody else honest. Because they don't feel alone. Yeah. This situation is kind of fragile. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's funny how this is working out where this road trip, the longest road trip the Raptors have this season, and also for like a few seasons, actually, it's going right into the trade deadline. Like we're talking three-day difference. February 6th to get back. Trade deadline is February 9th. How does that feel for an athlete when you know, like, I mean, we can say the names, like it's Fred and it's Gary, mm -hmm. right? And there's OG as well. Um, there's rumors around that, but we know for sure it's going to be, they got to make decisions on Fred and Gary because um, they have player options. They're going to opt out. Um, for players like them, for other players too, like just how sensitive is this, right? Because you could be playing like your last like six games with the Raptors. I would, I mean, I would think it's better for it to be out there that it's a possibility and things like that. Cause now yeah. I don't have to be this lingering thing in behind closed doors thinking like, man, like, you know, like, but mm -hmm. now that it's out there and everybody knows kind of what's going on and seeing your name pop up in the stuff that pops up on social media doesn't throw you for a loop. Cause you know, it's a possibility. And yeah. it's like, all right, I'm just going to control what I can control now, which is what I'm doing on the floor. And mm -hmm. everything else that's going to happen is going to, it's going to happen. Something's going to happen that's out of my control at some point. But now that everybody knows it's a possibility, I know front office knows, even the fans know, mm. there's nothing to for me to act. I don't have to act like, oh man, like, you know, I have to have this sadness of like, it's just like, yeah. all right, I know that could happen. That's, mm. I can't do anything about that right now though. So yeah. let's just go play basketball. And now wherever I go or I stay, I'm in the best mindset for what's going on. I think since we went over, they talked about Fred denying the, the, the whatever the contract, contract is, whatever yeah. the extension was, whatever they said the mishap was. I think he's played better since then. Hmm. I think there's been a more steady back to him steady itself. It's been a thing that's been like, yeah. all right, everybody knows, like, hey, we got. I, I said my piece about it. Now I don't have to say anything else about it. It's not this thing floating around. Yeah. Even the guys in the locker room, if they didn't know completely, they know now because they saw my quote. They saw the articles, whatever, whatever. Everybody knows where we stand. Yeah. Let's just go play basketball. I'm still trying to win. I'm not going to go out there and throw it away to get me shipped out of here because that doesn't help me either. Right. If I'm playing terrible, it doesn't help me in any type of way. Hmm. Playing great helps everybody. Me, myself, the team. The next team I go to, if I'm out of there, whatever it is. Yeah. Past five, five games. Yeah. Five games. He's taken at least 13 shots in each game. And there were way too many cases earlier in the season where he was like taking six shots. And like, I, I, I this is like part of the growing pains, I guess. And that's why maybe we never find out um, the intricacies of this season and why it's been a little bit more complicated than last season, because you would think after you know going off last season, sure, you know, Fred was hampered for the last like little bit there, but um, largely the same core. Um, so who knows? Maybe we find out, but uh, certainly it seems like they have at least like found something and they have been playing much better over the past, like, you know, two, three weeks or so. It hasn't mm -hmm. always amounted to wins, but uh, they're playing more consistently. And then if, you know, 
Yeah, go ahead. But I think you can deal with that though, because you yeah. know they eventually does turn into wins. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think you can only ask for the the effort and ex and and of execution, trying to mm-hmm. do what we planned on doing. If a guy has an otherworldly night on the other side, some nice there's nothing you can do about that. Or yeah. if a team comes in hot, makes a bunch of threes, or we just don't make shots, but they're the right shots. There's some nights like that. But sure. what you don't want to see is not playing the right way or a lack of effort or straight line drives to the basket or just turnover after turn. You know what I mean? Things that a team of this stature should not be doing. That's what you don't want to see. Because now it's like it looks it it looks like there's no sense of urgency because those are things that these guys have shown they could do when they sleep. Sure. Steph Curry. Mm. He is the next, uh, <laughs> he is the next game for the Toronto Raptors. Um, and you've played against him. We obviously know his shooting pedigree, how great he is. This is a loaded question, but how do you slow down Steph Curry? I'm saying slow down because I don't, you're not ever going to do what mm-hmm. they were able to do to DeMont, DeMontis Sabonis. Um, mm-hmm but you can slow him down. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? I think the major things first that pop up, the first thing is fresh bodies. You got to switch. You got to be able to keep fresh bodies on him because he could arguably be the best conditioned athlete of all time or NBA player of all time. I want to step outside of our sport because I don't know yeah. those guys uh-huh. personally. I haven't seen it firsthand. But this guy <laughs> that I'm talking about here just mm. – and and I love the JJ Reddit quote that I always come back to. He has the gravity of the sun, right? Like he talks about how he makes everything shift. So if you can find a way to be disciplined enough with not overreacting to every action he's in, which I'm not saying is easy to do, but I think the best way you do that is keeping fresh bodies on him because you have guys less fatigued, less mistakes. Most mistakes happen when you start to fatigue some. So the more fresh bodies you can keep on him, the, the clearer minds, the the more guys just playing with energy. And that's going to – he's – the way they play, the guys he's playing with, experience, they're that good. He's going to get his shots. And his range extends to half court. So, <laughs> like, there's – he's going to take four of those, and there's going to be like, what do you want me to do about those? He makes three of those. It's like you yeah. tip your hat kind of thing. But um, it's hard. You got to mix it up. You, you double some pick and rolls, some you don't because he can pass the ball. And it's not even about him passing the ball. He's more dangerous once he passes it. So you double the pick and roll, he throws it out, and before the ball is caught, he's already in another sprint. Yeah. So now you have two people committed to him who can't react fast enough because they're high hands trying to deflect the pass. If they leave the floor, then it's done. I think that's one mm-hmm. of the things I had a coach that always said, when he passes, don't leave the floor. Yeah. Because when you leave the floor, when he passes, he takes off. And now we're in a full-out frenzy, right? Like, because everybody sees him changing sides. The big jumps out early to make sure he doesn't catch it. Then that's when they get the slip dunks and layups. It's all – his action is just nonstop. Box the box and one that they put on him a few years ago obviously just became famous, but it, it made sense. And especially no, with this Raptors team that is so versatile, you don't necessarily care who is guarding Steph, you just want someone guarding him. So, yes. I would imagine we're probably going to see more zone, maybe box yeah. and one, but just like zones in general, because you know, Steph that way he can do all the movement he wants, but wherever mm-hmm. the action is happening, we have someone somebody's already okay. there, yeah, and we're yes. okay with you know yes. that person 
going one on one and just and, hoping for the best. And you just try to, and with the boxing one, you can allow that guy to limit some of his touches on the perimeter. Cause yeah. I'm not really as worried about Steph catching a backdoor cut pass running towards Pascal, OG, Scotty, and Precious as I am with the havoc he wreaks just by in his actions with Draymond and passing and cutting and screening and picking rolls. Yeah. So I've I would rather take that. And if right. you know somebody else goes off, then we adjust as the game goes. But I think if you start off by he just feeds so much energy into that energy into that no much gasoline into that engine from his movement. And then you have yeah. to be shooting the ball. And you mentioned Draymond Green. Um, mm -hmm. That's the other part of this. Um, he is one of the best moving screeners the NBA's ever seen. <laughs> um, just the way that even the Warriors in general, like and who was it a few weeks ago that said that, you know, every screen that is set for Steph is a moving screen. It was some player. I can't remember who it was. He's like, so I don't know how he gets away with it, but it makes it, it impossible to guard. It used to be worse too. That's what's yeah. crazy. It used to uh. be worse. Like, it used, And there were bigger guys like Andrew Bogut was out there. And with Draymond and David West was over there at one point. Uh, like I, I played with D West. I know all his screens and more screens because I was <laughs> using them. So like I know what type of screens he's setting to get people open. I remember him just saying it to me. He's like, look, just come on my side, I'm gonna get you open. He should say it to me. And it never failed. Yeah, I was open okay. every single time. But um, I think the thing with Draymond though, the worst thing that people do is they don't guard him. Mm -hmm. Like they allow him to like, you know, he's not looking to shoot the ball. I can't believe people double actions they, on Steph and then he just does that little slip yeah, pass. And now yeah. he's got like all kinds of room at the free throw line. He's going to do like, maybe you want to challenge him to make a shot. Okay. Yeah. But like, do you also have like other, you have Jordan Poole, you have Clay Thompson, like they're also moving. So something exactly. good is going to happen so, out of it. Yeah. I can't let him just stand up there and see everything that's going on. Like no. if, if Scotty's on him, I'm telling Scotty, when he catches the ball, pressure him. Make him make a decision. Make him have to turn his shoulder to you, turn his back to you. Make him have to make these plays under yeah. duress, right? Distress, right? You want to make him have to do something. Don't allow mm -hmm. him to just sit there and let watch things develop. It's like you, you can't go a whole game without putting pressure on a quarterback. Yeah. Like you can't. Like a good one at that, especially one with the – Even if they've seen everything, you got to make them – feel you that's the one thing that i have to my advantage right is i can make yeah. him feel me and i can make him speed him up. maybe not i don't want these words speed him up but just make him have to do things differently yeah especially with the weapons that this guy's got at wide receivers out there like <laughs> you know what i mean like i can't let yeah. him just sit there i can't give tom brady an all-time wide receiving mm -hmm. um offense and just not blitz him ever yeah can't do that not saying that he's tom brady i'm just saying that's my football no, yeah we're saying yeah peak tom brady this yeah. version might be retiring or i also don't whatever yeah, i don't also i don't also need to give draymond any more gasoline than he has i don't want to call him tom brady and somebody yeah, says yeah, he, yeah. yeah i'm the greatest <laughs> i'm a bad man and i'm pretty muhammad ali yeah, for sure. uh, let's get to some questions here from fans a couple came in here uh from raptors dan does cj agree with a potential four-point line as an nba rule in all honesty, no. No? Too gimmicky? No. I think they're going to – it's going to – I think, well, it'll start off horribly because yeah. guys are going to chase it, you know, because we yeah. already – so think about what we went through when the league started changing to the three-point shot and everybody started shooting threes, right? Yeah. 
Like we just got back to some of these guys that shouldn't be shooting them to stop shooting them. Like at one point, everybody was just letting it go because the analytics say this or that and everybody. So now we're getting back and guys are getting back into the mid range some and it's flowing better. Still a, a high paced game and a lot of threes, but they're better. Yeah. We went through a little muck up stage, though, where everybody was like, just shoot it. Like, just, <laughs> just do it. So exactly. when that four point line comes, anybody yeah. that thinks they have reins is going to shoot that shot. Uh-huh. And it's gonna be balls in the third row, like, <laughs> like I, that's what I'm afraid of. I mean, I, I think that obviously I see the advantages of having a four point play, but like, like, do you really want to give a team a chance to? I mean, I, entertaining wise, you want to give a team a chance to have what four, eight, twelve, twelve point runs in three possessions, meaning we might score two hundred points in the game. You play the right night, right way, the right night. I think it's going to happen already. Yeah, the Bucks put right. up 150 or 160 the, the other, other That's day. That's what I'm saying. So, like, you add yeah. that with guys that start to practice it and really train it, like, the next generation of guys will score 200 points in games. Yeah. Because get through. there's already the point of guys are already shooting it from out there anyway, some of them. So uh-huh. I, there's that side of it. But I'm just afraid that it would be more of those hunted yeah. if you put the line out there. Let's get through some of these quickly uh, from Pascal propaganda. Which current NBA player do you think would score the most in a men's rec league game? <laughs> Which you, NBA player? Yeah. Current NBA player. You have to factor in that they're just cold hearted and they just want to put up like truly 200 points while some guys might just take the foot off the gas. This person would just go balls to the wall nonstop. Yeah. I mean, I honestly think there's a, there's more guys that would do that than you think. Probably, just, yeah. but also just because the pace that the NBA game is, yeah, like they wouldn't even have to go balls to the wall like that to do it because they already play a certain way. But if I got to pick a guy, I would pick Steph. Okay, I would pick a yeah. Steph. I would yeah. pick a Ja Morant. I would pick uh-huh. a like these high energy, high paced guys that their pace is just so out of this world. Even for the NBA, there's nothing. They they could be taking a night easy and still do that, you know what I mean? And we're talking about threes, uh-huh. um, but I know guys that we that have no not to say there's a not to put down the guys, but there's overseas guys that come home and can't be touched in these leagues either. Like this is yeah. such a big gap. Like I think that's kind of missed <laughs> in this question. There's a big gap from even just yeah. from that men's league to a D one college player, yeah. like. <laughs> it's not it's, unless those guys are guys that are just got out of the league and they still got some but other than that <laughs> good luck uh, i know um how about we go to jd quarante i apologize if i messed that up cj's pjs do you do you want those to come back would they come back do you want to open a clothing brand a pajama brand that's funny though but i this is not a foreign thought I will not oh. lie about that. I don't okay. know if it's going to be CJ's PJs. I definitely already used to do like some clothing brand stuff and I'm working on some stuff now, but yeah. I definitely want to be in that space. Like I was like the other day I was talking with a friend. I mean, who was, I was like, you can say whatever you want. You can say, go daddy curse. You can say all these things, <laughs> but I'm a kid from Southeast Dallas that had his own pajama line uh-huh. with <laughs> commercials <laughs> and the whole, I don't know if that ever was ever like, that was never even a thought of mine. You know yeah. what I mean? I didn't even uh, think about it until after it happened. I was like, yo, I had my own pajamas. And I think if I'd have thought about it that way during mm-hmm. the time, 
I would have even been more, I didn't never believe in the Go Daddy curse, but I would have been more dismissive of the curse if I'd have thought about it. And that's why I was like, yo, I got my own pajamas. I did a commercial <laughs> suit with like sheep that were pooping on the floor and like I did all this stuff. It was should have had way more fun with that than I did. <laughs> was there someone, this is from T Raptor Ball, was there someone who helped you find your shooting form initially? Like we're talking back in the day. Is there someone that helped you figure out, you know, your ideal shooting form and hone in on that skill? So I had my my shooting form came naturally. Yeah. All the all the to get I had people come to help me get really technical about it, though. Mm -hmm. So to make it more consistent and to make it more uh, deadly as far as like the different ways I could shoot it and to extend my range and, you know, um, even early in my career, I still had, um, it was like almost Michael Reddish sometimes. Like I almost had like a little bit of a slingshot to it, but um, I just met some really good coaches and we broke down film, footwork, follow through, um, guide hand. Um, even up until the time that I was with Phil Handy in Toronto that first year, we were still doing things that really? I was figuring out. That was like, yeah, it's a never ending thing, you know? Like I think there's always space to I don't shoot 100%, so there's always space for me to get better, right? Um, yeah. And I think there was always little things that I was always picking up that mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things would add up to just being able to pass it back. That was the biggest thing also. I'm a searcher like that because I want to be able to teach it. So that's right. the reason I want to master it as much as I can. Final question. There are a few that I didn't get to because they were trade deadline related. We're going to do that probably next episode. We're going to focus on where the Raptors are now. Can they improve? Can they keep on riding this like uh, this momentum off yesterday? So this is the final question, but we'll get to so those probably next week. Did you ever get teammates or opponents to autograph shoes? I got teammates shoes. I never, I never got any opponent shoes. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just never... It just never really was my thing. But over time, I got teammate stuff. I got – um, and I got some jerseys from guys I played with, you know. Um, I still got stuff from my Utah Jazz days. We found a basketball the other day, actually, in a box from, like, one of the – the um, with Booze and D-Will, AK, Jerry Sloan, everybody's names on it. It was pretty cool to see that. Um, but, yeah, I think you should cherish this time. This is a place that a lot of people want to get to that don't get to it. And I look back at it, that's another thing I, I – I don't regret it, but like if, if I'd have been more present about that, I would have got more things to, you know, really document time and space. Hmm. Um, but I think it's a good thing to do that. I don't know if I would do it as much as guys do it on the camera. Like, I don't think I need to, I don't think it yeah. needs to be broadcast every time you do it, yeah. but that's, that's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that it's public, we can wish you a congratulations for you and your, you and Lauren, you have Thank a baby you. boy on the way. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Um, That's the awesome, final, man. the final Miles child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the final one, just in yeah. case anybody was wondering. Don't ask uh -huh. me. It wasn't my decision. You know, maybe it was a joint, obviously a joint discussion, <laughs> but she was ready to, you know, cut it. But we're happy. You know, it's a boy. Yeah. Um, the, the girls are happy um, mm -hmm. now. They didn't like it at first. Now they're happy. They see the belly, so they're getting into it. Um, yeah. But it's an exciting time, man. Thank you so That's much. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Uh, as a person who has an 18-month-year-old boy, get your cardio in now because when he's ready, yeah. he's going to have you <laughs> moving. Yeah, I've heard, your step I've, I've counter seen, is going to be yeah. profitable. 
I've seen that energy is different. Even though my girls are high level, but I don't even want to know. I mean, yeah. I do want to know, obviously, but it's gonna uh -huh. be it's gonna be fun. The house is gonna be very festive. Let's say that. Absolutely. And hopefully <laughs> the Raptors, they have themselves a festive road trip. We're gonna talk to CJ For again sure. very soon. Hopefully, we're talking about a few more wins and the Raptors can get on a bit of a roll here. CJ, thank you so much, man. My man, thank you. Always a pleasure. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.